the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi guys, Ron Geyer, back again with End Time Insights. We're so happy to be here, and I just love doing this. I say that all the time, but I appreciate you listening in. And today, what I want to speak about is Trinity Living, T-R-I-N-I-T-Y, Trinity Living. But before I go there, and this will be connected, I just got to tell you about last weekend. Now, today is Monday when I do this. You hear this on Sunday, the following Sunday. But today, Monday, so two days ago, three days ago, they had the uh, Christians going to Washington, D.C., Jonathan Kahn had an event. It was called The Return. Franklin Graham, God bless these guys. They had a prayer walk. There was like 100,000 Christians there. It was powerful. It was mighty. You won't hear about that on the news. Uh, they don't cover it. They don't want to give the Christians any any political power by showing up in numbers in Washington, D.C., but you will start seeing the results of that. And, you know, Diane and I, it was simulcast, and that was great. We opened our home, and we participated in that, and it was really great. Uh, we loved it. It was good to see. It was good to know that there are Christians, there are people in America whose eyes are open, and their hearts are ready to move forward with God. God's ready to move forward. We need to move forward with Him. You know, but if this fire that was lit in Washington, D.C., through prayer and preaching and a time of worship and repentance, if this fire isn't taken back to our local churches, then our local churches, if they don't get lit with the same holy fire, the fresh fire from God, then they're going to be running the risk of being passed over and left out of the final move of God in America. I believe God is bringing the fight again against the murder of our children back into the limelight. That was probably the biggest thing that we repented of in Washington that was prayed about. And I tell you, I must have wore out my repenter. Every time they had a new speaker up there, we were repenting of something. But that's good. We need to get our nation cleansed. We need to allow God to move on on behalf of the people of America. And though, even though we as Christians may not have murdered the children, we may not have been promoting homosexuality, we repent for that. We stand in the gap for our nation. We pray for our nation. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, hallelujah, and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven, I would forgive their sin, and I would heal their land, saith the Lord. And so we stood in the gap for America. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. So I believe very soon God's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yes, he's going to use people, of course. I believe it's going to be overturned. It will become illegal to murder our children. Finally, thank you, Lord. And that's going to give the church in America the opportunity to, and hopefully the boldness to challenge other pagan activities that are made legal in our nation. Gay marriage, homosexuality, illegal immigration into our land. I believe once we get Roe v. Wade overturned, we can start taking the high ground. We can start calling out sin. We can challenge sin. We can restrain the evil that's been unrestrained in our nation in the last few decades. Remember to pray for 
Amy Barrett, she's about to go through living hell in the confirmation process, and we just pray for her that God will give her strength, that God will protect her, that the lies will be exposed for what they are, that Mr. McConnell and Mr. Graham, they'll make a stand, and they will let the people know, the Democrats know, you will not treat this candidate like this. You will not violate the decency that becomes her office. And if they do start doing these lies and uh, just all-out assault on her character, I pray that they would just end the process and move forward to the vote. That's my prayer, and you need to be praying that, too. This is God's person that's going up there. It was between Kavanaugh and her last time, and I don't know why Mr. Trump picked Kavanaugh. Praise the Lord, he did, but now we've got this lady, and this lady's wonderful. She's going to do a great job. She's going to honor God. She's going to honor life. She's going to honor the Constitution. It remains to be seen what's going to happen in the next month or so leading up to the uh, election, the national election. You know Satan's going to pull out all the stops in an effort to defeat President Trump, while promoting his agenda, his communist agenda. There are no boundaries he will not cross, and his only restraint comes from the people of God. It's so important that we continue to pray, that we stand up, that we call out the truth, that we restrain the evil. We've got a job to do. It's going to get nasty, but we are well up to the challenge, I believe. The remnant in the church, we have prayed, we are praying, and as someone said at the meeting last week, that the bowls of the prayers of the saints, you know, it talks about that in the Revelation, that the bowls that the prayers of the saints are kept in, that they're about to overflow, they're being filled, and God is honor-bound to his word to answer those prayers. We've once again seen God take up the fight for our land through the gathering that we had out there in Washington, D.C., to the saints that were there in Washington for the prayer meeting, for the prayer march, uh, in the nomination of his servant, Amy Barrett, for the high court, in the reopening of Florida and other states by great governors, our brothers in Christ, in the removal of our sports idolatry, and in the Hollywood idolatry. That's been being addressed by God. And even in the fear from the pandemic, a lot of that is beginning to wane. And I believe it's God. I believe it's God responding to the prayers of the church. We are once more seeing God assert himself, reassert himself in America. President Trump was an opportunity for the church. And while we may not have taken advantage of that opportunity early on, I believe we are now finally awakening to the fact that God's hand is upon him for righteousness, for good and not evil to our land. Don't worry about the saints who are not doing battle. Don't worry about those people that don't believe the church should be involved in politics. Don't worry about those who are deceived, who are falling away. As God shakes his body, don't try running around catching those saints that are falling out of the tree. It's God's will that he go ahead and cleanse the church, that he gets rid of the tears that are causing us to be deceived and bringing us to a place of inactivity. I believe God has new blood for the church. Men and women, young and old, who aren't intimidated by tradition or hamstrung by the fear of man. Fresh fire is the order of the day. You protect you. You pray and you live holy. You preach God's truth, God's way. You will be singled out by Satan for persecution, but you will also be marked by God for protection. And we know who wins that battle every time. You can find that scripture in Isaiah 9, 6. But I want to spend the bulk of my time today uh, encouraging you guys to stand tall for Christ. We must know who we are. We must understand what and who we carry within us. The way we have acted in the past has been totally inconsistent with the Bible promises and revelations of our Christian heritage, our Christian foundation, our makeup, and our assignments. Let's start at the beginning. The Bible says that God is love. Amen. Everybody knows that. God is love. 1 John uh, 1, 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. That's Christianity 101. 
But look what he did with that love. Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So we see that God is placed in us his very own essence. The essence of God himself lives inside us. Let me read it again. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have the love of God. God is love. God lives inside of us. The very essence, the character of God is living inside us who are born again Christians who love the Lord. And we not only carry the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope and the power of God, but we carry the very presence of God himself around inside of us. That should leave zero excuses for failure. That should remove any sense of fear or inadequacies within us. I believe we truly don't understand what God has done for us, what he's done to us, and what he is doing in us. But we're going to get that revelation, and it's going to change the way the church operates in the world. Our problem is, though, we simply either don't know this, or we don't believe this. The fact that we could walk around carrying the presence, the essence of God in us. Or like Israel, we fail to remember this. Jeremiah 3, verse 21. A voice was heard upon the high places, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel. For they have perverted their way, and they have forgotten the Lord their God. This is what happens when a people forget their God, or ways become perverted. If you want any evidence that we have forgotten God, our ways have been perverted. It's obvious we got sex all backwards. We're killing the wrong people. I saw this the other day, that uh, you can go to jail for spanking your children, yet you are celebrating for murdering them. It's an upside-down world. We are out of order. But this is what happens when the people forget their God. We become perverted. But as we see a resurgence in prayer by the faithful remnant in the church today, we see God once again manifesting. We see his presence in our daily business. Diane and I, we've said this for probably four decades now, that in the end days, darkness would grow darker, but light would grow lighter. And that's exactly what's happening in America now. John Osteen said it best. The devil did his best, but his best just wasn't good enough. Hallelujah. Light is manifesting everywhere once again, and you must be a part of this resurgence, saints. Satan isn't going away, but neither are we. This is the time when the true children of God must arise and take our place on the wall, in the battlefield, in the prayer room, and we are created and equipped for just such a purpose as this. So we see that we are carriers of God, but there's more. Second, we have Jesus Christ living inside us also. We not only carry the presence of the creator of the universe within us, we carry the presence of the Messiah of the universe as well. Colossians 1.27, To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. We have got to get a supernatural divine revelation of what that means. The Bible teaches in 2 Timothy 3.1 that in the last days men would become lovers of themselves. I believe that is the greatest hindrance to us walking in this earth with the knowledge that both God the Father and God the Son, Jesus, live inside us. We are so self-minded. We live to please ourselves, to satisfy ourselves, to comfort ourselves. We live by the flesh. We live carnally instead of spiritually. We fail to recognize that not only fail to recognize that we're carrying God and Jesus in us, but we fail to recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. Diane and I, we got saved in 1981. We went to a charismatic Pentecostal meeting up in Fort Worth, put on by Kenneth Copeland. We had some wonderful people there. And he taught us who we were in Christ Jesus. Not on the level we're 
you're getting now where you are carriers of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. But we were taught, we understood that we were no longer just sinners, but we had now become children of God, that we were now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus has put us in good stead for nearly 40 years. We really don't need anything else other than the revelation knowledge that both God and Jesus are living inside us. That isn't all that he gave us. Okay, it even gets better than that. God completes the Trinity within us. He sends his Holy Spirit to direct us daily, to give us power, to comfort us, and to teach us. That's right. We're walking around with the Holy Trinity living right inside of us. As a Catholic growing up, man, I learned about the Trinity. I understood there was God. There was three in one God. There was God the Father. There was God the Son. And there was God the Holy Spirit. And now, here I am 50 years later to think that, wow, they live inside me. I mean, all of that was foreign to me back then as I did my Tuesday night catechism. But now God has opened up revelation. Remember, he said revelation knowledge shall increase in the earth. Well, that's what's happening to us here in the body of Christ, in the church, man. We're growing in the knowledge of him, which is what he told us to do. We really don't need anything else but that knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus. And look at this. God sends his Holy Spirit to direct us daily to give us power, to comfort us, and to teach us. That's right. We are walking around with the Holy Trinity inside of it. This is what we do. This is who we are. If we would just remember that, if we would walk around with that knowledge, if we would have discussions about that, if we would teach that, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What glory? The glory of God. You are the glory of God. And the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And we see that right now. Not just living inside us, but the Holy Spirit is actively working for God's glory and our benefit. Acts 1.5. This is good. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. John 14.17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see him, neither does it know him. But you know him, the Spirit of truth, for he lives inside you and shall be in you. The Spirit of Truth. I love this. John wrote this about the Spirit of Truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You cannot walk in truth without the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of Truth, and Jesus Christ sent him to us. So according to scriptures, we've got God living inside us, we've got Jesus living inside us, and we've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside us. Well, then how come we're not acting like it? How come we don't walk in the power, the fullness, the love, the compassion that Christ had? I believe it's because we're too carnally minded. We just think about ourselves. We don't give time to serve others. We don't take time to live the sacrificial life that Christ lived. We don't pray like we should. We don't read our Bibles like we should. We don't fast like we ought to. I mean, there are things that we're supposed to be doing as the church, and we're just so involved with our own personal lives, we leave off the assignment that God's given us. I'm trying to make sure I say all this right, because you got to understand it. This is not some hypothetical pie-in-the-sky type of doctrine I'm trying to give to you. I'm trying to tell you that the threefold Spirit of God lives in you to do God's perfect will for others. Okay, that's great. I'm saved. I've got the life of God inside me. Hallelujah. I've got the blood of Jesus covering me. I've got the Messiah of the universe living inside me. I've got the Holy Spirit of God. He's the Holy Spirit of God. You know, if you're not living holy, there's no evidence that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside you. God lives in you. He lives in me. And he lives in us as the church, as the body of Christ. He has filled our hearts with his presence and his love. It's who he is. And now it's who we have become. And Jesus lives here too. 
He lives a life of compassion in me through the word, passioning me to preach the gospel, to teach the body, to heal the sick. God, the Holy Spirit, also dwells within me. He is the active representation of all three. The Trinity of God, living life in this earth, in us, his body, the church. He leads us and he guides us. He reveals truth to us. He enables us. He enriches us. He empowers us to let all three persons of the Godhead shine brightly out from each and every one of us. John eight twelve. Then said Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. We know that. Jesus is the light of the world. Well, Jesus went to heaven now, but the world still needs light turned on to shatter the darkness. Well, Philippians 2.15 addresses that. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's who we are. Jesus was the light of the world. He left, but that's okay. We're full of the life and the love of God. We're filled with the power and the presence of Christ. And we're filled with the the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. We not only are as lights in the world, right now we are the light of the world. Of course we shine in this world. It's a dark place. We're full of the life and the power of God. We couldn't do anything but shine. And now with the darkness closing in as never before, our lights should be shining brighter and brighter. It's not that we have light. We are light. It's in the darkness where we shine the brightest. But, you know, the church, we've hid from the darkness. We've hid from the places where, you know, the Bible says, Behold, I give you might, power, dominion over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Notice, I give you might, I give you power, and I give, give you dominion. Where? Over all the power of the enemy. When the enemy is manifesting darkness, that's where we're supposed to go. That's where we're supposed to be. That's where we need to shine the light. In the darkest places, not in the light. In the church is a great being there. But we need to shine our lights in the dark places. Of course, we shine in the world. We couldn't do anything but. I said that. But now with the darkness closing as never before, we have a great opportunity. When the world says sick, we heal. When the world says stop, we go. When the world says close, we open. When the world says fear, by faith we run forward. We don't have to try to do these things. It's the Trinity of God living inside us who does all of this. It's who God is. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the power of God given to us on behalf of the world because of what Christ has done so that we truly can be lights in this earth. We just need to get out of the way. No more carnal thinking, no more carnal pleasures. We just die daily, as Paul writes, and we let the presence of God have his way. Understand, God designed the world. He made creation. He created man to know him. That's always been his ultimate goal, that man would worship him, that man would know him, that man would be a part of his family. Remember, when he made Adam and Eve, he stuck them in the garden. He didn't hang out in heaven and just forgot about them. He came down and he walked with them in the cool of the day. He wanted fellowship. He wanted to know them. He wanted them to know him. We are his prized possession, his masterpiece out of everything that he made. Remember, God so loved the world, hallelujah, right, that he gave his only begotten son of God. And God made the world. The word there for world is cosmos, and literally it means God loved the orderly creation of everything he created. He loved the fact that birds fly and sing and fish swim He loved the principle of seed time and harvest. He loves the snow and the rains. He loves that night follows day and day follows night and back and forth again. He loves that the planets rotate. He made all this and he loved the order in the world. He loved that men and women would be married and raise children. He loves all that. On top of all that, he created it 
for you. And yes, we've filed our nest. Yes, we've messed up. But at the end of the day, he's about restoring the world so we could know him. The Bible says we know him in creation. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. You can look up in the sky and you can find out who God is just by looking at the planets, looking at the stars, the heavens. They're shouting the glory of God. And we can't miss this stuff because we're so carnally minded. So remember, God's goal is that we would know him. You know, I love this. God designed the world. He made creation. He created man to know him. When Satan caused us to sin, that dream of God's was shattered. But God didn't quit. That's not who he is. He doesn't quit. He sent himself back to us as his son, Jesus Christ. And what did we do? We killed him. But that didn't deter God. He knew it would be like that way. He knew that before he did it. That's the way he planned it. However, perfect love will always find a way. God is perfect love. Perfect love will always find a way to win. We rejected him in the garden. We we broke all of his laws. Remember, he gave the laws to Israel. We rejected him in the garden. We broke all his laws. We murdered his son, and we rejected and we despised his word. But no, God never quit. No way. And I love what he did. Don't forget, he wants to know us. The only thing left for him to do is to know us better that we would know him and reveal his love to us. So what did he do? He came down and to ensure that we would know him, he now lives inside of us. God himself lives inside you. Jesus Christ lives inside you. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside you. The Trinity of God, the divine triune Godhead lives inside you. Every other way he tried to get you to know him, we rejected. But look at this. We can't reject him now. He lives inside us. We were created in his image. What a wonderful God we serve. I'm telling you, there is nothing better than to have the life of God surging inside you. Look, Ron Geyer, here I am, five foot seven, 160 pounds. I'm talking to you now, but it's actually Christ in me who's talking to you because until he came, until I repented of my sin, until I gave my heart to him, until I recognized that I was created to know him, Ron Geyer never would have spoken about this stuff. So it's Christ in me who's talking to you. It's the Holy Spirit of God who is inspiring me to talk to you. It is God who wants me to know him better so I read his Bible every day. And now it's him speaking through me to you. Ron Geyer could care less in the natural realm, but now Ron Geyer's been born again. I am filled with God's presence, the love of God. The love of God constrains me to preach to you. I'm full of the passion, the compassion of Jesus Christ who died for you to manifest that love. That's who's speaking to you through me right now. And the Bible says the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, the baptism in the Holy Spirit of God endues me with power, changes my desires where I no longer want to just satisfy my flesh, but I want to help you get to know him. So I'm preaching to you now, the full triune trinity of God living inside me, winning you to his side, putting in you a desire to be just like me, where you would have a relationship with him. He takes away your fears. He takes away your doubts. He builds trust with you because he manifests his love to you on a daily basis. Me talking to you is a further manifestation that God loves you. And I love all the stuff we talked about, how much Mankind has rejected God. We despise God. We despise his word. We murdered his son, his Messiah. And yet, despite all that, he says, I know how I can get them to know me. I am going to live inside them. I find that so astounding. I find that so simple. I found that 
perfect love of God. Not only does he have perfect love, he's got perfect wisdom because he knows that if he would live inside us, that we would come to know him. All you've got to do is accept what he did. Understand that he wants to be with you. His desire is for you to know him. He's a loving God. He's a good God. And his desire is that ultimately you would have him, you would accept him, you would allow him to live inside you like he's living in me. And how do you do that? Very simply, repent of your sins. We've all sinned. The Bible says, man, all man has fallen short of the glory of God. But he made a way, Jesus Christ. If you will accept that sacrifice, because God loves you. If you will accept the fact that his son went to hell, took your place, paid your penalty for your sins. He did that all for you. If you will accept that, acknowledge Jesus Christ, ask him to be your Lord. You've got the life of God then ready to come inside you. Just repent of your sin. Acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you need a savior and receive the love of God. You too can have the father, the son and the Holy Spirit living inside you. I'm telling you, Father truly does know best. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.